All right, folks, fifth episode of the Heavy Hitter Sports Betting Podcast. We're back again. We're going to start off by recapping last week. Oh, let's not and say we did. Um, yeah, you know what? We, we started off extremely strong with this podcast. I think I remember saying in the second episode that I wish we had a greater audience because, I mean, we started off hot. We were, I, I feel like the first week, I think we didn't get one thing wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's that's the way it's going to go, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what? we didn't do that, that bad this weekend. Um, it didn't start off great. Um, I thought we had some uh, half-decent leans and plays uh, that we'll go over. But, uh, yeah, some some locks that I had already kind of made official plays, you know, some of those didn't hit, which was uh, disappointing in one end. But, uh, you know what, we're, uh, we're back at it here midweek, and uh, we're, you know what, we're working for the weekend. That's what we're really doing here. You know what, that's just it. You have a little bit of a bumpy time, you get right back on the horse. Exactly. You, you, keep, you keep going for it. Yeah. Um, quick recap of last week. Uh, we revealed the first ever UFC picks. Um, didn't go to great, greatest, I'll be completely honest. You got it at the end, though. You know, you we, bounced back at the end. Max so, Holloway fight was incredible. So, so we placed. Uh, I had placed four bets, um, and you know, the first two were risky. I took Ponzinibbio uh, by unanimous decision, and then I had also taken uh, Joaquin Buckley by unanimous decision. Obviously, uh, the dogs were barking in the main event. First three underdogs take the victory in dominant fashion. Li Jing Liang, let me tell you, I was yeah, super Lee, pumped to see his knockout. But Lee still, looked good. Lee looked good. He, he really did. I'll be excited to see who they give him next. Um, but you know what? The main event really, uh, you know what? The main event, how amazing that performance was by Max Holloway, that seemed to have, uh, it made me forget about all the early bets. Uh, and we did end up cashing Holloway to win and also Holloway uh, by unanimous decision. So there was a silver lining there. But see, what a fight that was. See, man. I've come to know UFC over the years with you, um, watching UFC here and there, but I've really kind of taken it into perspective over the last, I would say, two years and kind of really gotten into it. So I've seen a few fights in my day now. You definitely have. I have never seen a more dominant performance than what I saw with Max Holloway. That was absolutely incredible. It it was unbelievable. And you know what? There was a narrative going into the fight that Holloway had said that he had stopped sparring. So this is somebody who he had stopped sparring prior to the second Alexander Volkanovsky fight. And and my God, if if that's how you look after doing a training camp of simply hitting the bag, running drills with your coaches and game planning, I, I mean, incredible. He dominated. Like that Max Holloway has got to give Volkanovsky an absolute run for his money. It, There's it, no way. It, it was a 3.0 Holloway. If that, if that Max Holloway shows up against Volkanovsky, he will win that fight. I, I, I 100% agree. And, and the great thing is, is that Dana White had said that the performance that Holloway had shown, it was good enough to warrant a third fight. Exactly. After being 0-2, which a lot of people might say it should be 1-1. It, and, and that's and that's just it. It should have been 1-1, in my yeah. opinion, going yeah. into it. Uh, but you know what? Let's uh, pivot quickly to a game that wasn't so exciting. Um, Sunday in the afternoon, we had Liverpool versus... Uh, Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> It, Sunday didn't go very well. Um, Liverpool Man U was just kind of. Uh, I I I said I didn't really want to bet on the game. I kind of wanted to watch it because I thought it would be a good game to watch. Um, but you expect something more than nil nil. 
you really do when those two are colliding. Um, Liverpool, we're going to talk about them later in the show. They haven't been, uh, they have not been too hot lately, struggling to score right now. Um, so if you're taking overall points from uh, that game, I mean that's that's good for Man U going on the road to Anfield and getting uh, getting a single point out of it. Um, and yeah, Liverpool, they should be disappointed. Um, they controlled most of the game, most of the possession, uh, and you know what? They they couldn't find the back of the net. So uh, yeah, that game ended up nil nil. Um, and then it didn't follow up too great. Uh, after that, we had Inter and uh, Juve, which was another supposed to be another hell of a, uh, a match. But uh, yeah, Inter Inter ended up winning that one two nil. But and I'll I'll give this one to Inter. They look good. They really did. And I've yeah. I've I've said this since day one. I'm big on Inter. I just really expected Juve to get on the board as well. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams to score in over 2.5 was the play there. Uh, Inter won 2 0. But yeah, I love this Inter side. Like I said before, they have nothing else to play for other than Serie A. They're out of the Champions League and Europa League. So um, what they did against that Juve team, um, in my mind, there's no reason they should be um, losing Serie A this year. Uh, AC Milan is strong and they're on top of the table. Another win today or uh, earlier this afternoon, but uh, you know what? This Inter side is dangerous, and uh, I'll keep backing them. I mean, uh, they play on, uh, I believe it's Saturday again this weekend, and when we come out with that uh, that podcast on Thursday, you better believe I'll be taking Inter Milan on the road this weekend. Um, but to just to recap, some other games we took uh, Friday. I was really excited for Friday. We had a game in the Bundesliga, and we had a game in Serie A. Uh, both. I had both teams to score in over 2.5. Uh, Union Berlin, Leverkusen was kind of a cagey match. Uh, ended up being 1-0. A couple posts in the game, I believe, too. So that didn't help. Um, and then Lazio-Roma in Serie A. 3-0 to Lazio. Really didn't expect that out of Roma. Disappointed in Roma. That kind of pissed me off a little with them. I thought they could definitely find the back of the net uh, against Lazio. They did control a lot of the possession, too, which... Uh, I thought would uh, would help out on the score sheet, but obviously it didn't. Uh, and then uh, we had some stuff in uh, in the Premier League on Saturday morning. We had Chelsea in under uh, four and a half against Fulham. They they ended up cashing one one nil, so that was good to see. Um, I had mentioned uh, Leeds Brighton. Uh, Leeds on, honestly didn't get on the board against Brighton. I did mention how Brighton should get on the board against Leeds, and they did. Uh, they ended up winning 1-0, but uh, I expected a lot more out of Leeds there. That was just a lean, but I made an official play in the Bundesliga, which paid off. Both teams are scoring over 2.5 with Stuttgart and Mochen Gladbach, and that game ended 2-2. So that was nice to see one there. Um, but yeah, we have a, a few plays, I think, on this midweek card. I believe I'm going to be sending out uh, five plays or leans. Uh, we'll talk about those in a minute, and you have a uh, good fight on Wednesday that you want to talk about. Yeah, so, and you know what? I think we should just get right into it, starting with the Bundesliga on Tuesday. Yeah, so 2.30, we have a nice tilt, Leverkusen and Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund. Um, yeah, no, so this, again, this should be a good game. We have uh, uh, number three in the standings and number four in the standings, Leverkusen and Dortmund. You know, what they're, these are, this is a big game because they're, they're trying to get as much as many points as they can, both these two squads, uh, to just to try and stay intact with Bayern Munich at the top of the table. Um, so these points are huge. These games are big. Um, both teams are are very capable of scoring goals. Uh, 30 goals for Leverkusen, 32 for uh, Borussia Dortmund. So 
I'm going to play the over 2.5. Both teams will score. Um, this is uh, you can get good value here. I think you can look at uh, about 1.83 here um, in value. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, the recent head-to-head success was something I wanted to bring up um, about this game too. Uh, we've seen games where uh, it's played out to be 4-3, 3-2, 4-2, 4-0, 4-0. So the last six game, or sorry, the last five games have seen at least four goals in them. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm expecting goals again here. Uh, there's no reason both teams can't get on the board here unless there's something uh, crazy that happens, like a red card or something. But, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an official play. Both teams to score and over 2.5. Bayer Leverkusen versus Borussia Dortmund. Awesome. Both teams to score and over 2.5. Official play. And you know what, folks? This is one thing that will be new to the podcast. We will begin tracking units. That's right. We're putting our actual records on the line. That way, each week we can come back to you and tell you as some actual numbers. And that way you can uh, put a little bit more trust into the, the podcast. Uh, that was a, a recommendation off one of our... Uh, Long-lost friends, uh, I guess you could say. Yes, who... <laughs> Who, uh, Another degenerate gambler. Uh, yeah, and if you think we're degenerates, holy shit! You never met this guy. Happier than a pig and shit right now. And you know what? Tampa he's... is uh, is currently going. Yeah, to the be, Bucks uh... are moving on. But you know yeah. what? He's going to tune into this podcast. He's going to listen to this. He'll give get it'll give him a good chuckle. So oh, definitely, that'll be good. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Stapes, what was the next game that you wanted to cover here? Yeah. Okay. So Wednesday we have two, uh, two games. We have one in the Premier League. Uh, that we're going to talk about. But first, we're going to talk about one in the Bundesliga again. Excellent. And uh, we're going to go to Freiburg and Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, The reason I like this game is because uh, Frankfurt have just gotten one of their players back on loan from Real Madrid. His name's uh, Luka Jovic. Uh, He came back there last game, and he came in substitution on, uh, I think it was the the 63rd minute. Uh, he ended up finding the back of the net. They were they were deadlocked one one with Schalke. Okay. And then he found the back of the net in the seventy second, and then put a um, a finisher in, uh, I believe, in the ninety third to make it three one. So he scored twice in his return back to Frankfurt. He was there before uh, he left for Real Madrid, and then he's back on loan again. So he was probably pumped up to be back uh, and get the winner there for Frankfurt. So I'm expecting a, a solid side here out of Frankfurt again. Um, whenever he was around with Frankfurt a couple of years ago, uh, they were a solid squad as well. And I always backed them then. So I'm going to keep backing them now. I'm not going to take them to win, but I'm going to take goals in this game. I really think Freiburg looked fairly decent against Bayern Munich, uh, gave them a tough time on the weekend. Um, so I'm going to take both teams to score in over 2.5. It's valued at the same as Leverkusen and Dortmund. Uh, I believe you can get 1.8, 1.83 there. Uh, so yeah, shop around for your odds there. Uh, but that uh, that will also be an official play. Wow, okay. I'm going to make that one in the Bundesliga uh, an official play. So we have two official plays in the Bundesliga coming up Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, yeah, the one in the Premier League we're going to talk about. This is not an official play, but this is a pretty strong lead. Okay. A lean, sorry. I'm. We are going to talk about Fulham versus Manchester United. This is just a game that Man United, if they want to keep um, keep on top of the table here in the Premier League. These are games they have to win mm-hmm. um, against Fulham. And don't get me wrong, the reason I'm not playing this game officially is because this Fulham side has been fairly competitive. You like them. That's what you said on the yeah, previous episode. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know what? They they lost 1-0 to Chelsea, mm-hmm. and they got a red card right before halftime. So they played the final 45 minutes down a man, 
um, and only held Chelsea to a late goal. So um, he had this man, this man United game after a tough game against Liverpool. I think it might be, you know, take them a few minutes to wake up and realize shit, we're playing fucking soccer again here. Okay. Um, So my lean here would either be, because I can see Fulham getting on the board, you know, getting two man U early. Mm-hmm. But if not, um, then I see it as a, a low-scoring game. But I have two leans here. I have Manchester United to win and over 1.5 goals. Okay. But I also have Manchester United to win and under 4.5 goals. Okay. So somewhere in that sweet spot, uh, I can see a 2-1 win to Man U, 2-0 win to Man U. But I, I, I just can't see it being 3-2 to Man U. Okay. So we're, we're taking we're taking Man U to win and if you want to put a little more bit more value in there, you can look at an under 4.5 or an over 1.5. Um but yeah, Man U in a parlay, uh I think that looks fairly decent, but just be careful this Fulham size has been a little um solid of late. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say solid, but they've they've played fairly decent football lately. So Definitely. Um, I mean, they had a they had a run of draws exactly with some good teams. Yeah. Liverpool, one, I think one. they had five straight or something like that. Uh, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and then they lost that tight one against Chelsea. So, um, yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll be watching this closely. Won't make an official play. Um, also, you could honestly look at lineups. Wait for the lineup check. If you like what you see in Man U, maybe uh, maybe put some money on it. But uh, yeah, this that'll be a lean for me for sure. Excellent. All right. We didn't visit them last week, but we're going to La Liga. We've got a game that I know that you're interested in, Atletico Madrid against Ibar. Yeah, so this is another lean for me. Um, there's pretty good value here uh, in an Atletico Madrid win. Okay. Um, but they're on the road, and that's what kind of scares me. If this was at home, there would be no value for them. Um, but the fact that uh, they're on the road... Uh, going to a an Ibar side that isn't very good. Um, I, I'm looking at an Atletico Madrid win here. Um, I think you can get odds of 1.66, 1.7. Um, so that that's it's still some good value. Um, if you wanted to boost the value there, my lean would be Atletico Madrid to win and under four and a half. Under that should half. put you uh, into some plus money, if not very close. Um, but yeah, no, this is... This is, a, again, another side like I talked about with uh, Inter Milan. Uh, Atletico Madrid are, are on top of the table in, in Spain right now, um, and they look good. And you know what? This is this is a time where Atletico Madrid um, are ahead of Real Madrid. They're ahead of Barcelona, teams like that, and they want to stay there. So, the, again, these are games going to Ibar. they got to win these games. So um, the, the only thing that scares me and why I'm not making an official play is the potential draw. Okay. Uh, Atletico Madrid aren't very high scoring, um, and they, you know, you could see a nil-nil or a, or a one-one draw here. So that is what scares me. Uh, they won't lose this game. I can promise you that. Okay. They won't lose uh, at Ibar, but I'm just worried about the draw. So that's why I'm not going to make it an official play. Um, but that's my lean: Atletico Madrid in under four and a half here. The last game we're going to talk about. And I kind of just highlighted this game because it's a big game for them. And I just want to mention, I don't know if there's much value here, um, but Liverpool at home against Burnley. Burnley. Okay. So you're going to get absolutely nothing out of a straight out win. Liverpool are going to win this game. I really think they will. I I see no reason why, unless they they keep this non-scoring fucking debacle up. 
that they're in right now, but I, I feel like they'll get on the board against Burnley. Uh, I don't expect the way they're going. Okay, so Burnley is not a high-scoring team. Okay. So they keep things tight, and that's probably what they'll try and do against this Liverpool side, knowing that they're having a hard time scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can see like a Liverpool win, and you can maybe push under three and a half goals. Um, but again, that's something I would never play because Liverpool have such a dangerous attack. They could fire in four like it's nobody's fucking business. Yeah. So it, that's what makes me scared. The one thing I would look into potentially is maybe a Liverpool uh, win to nil. So if I'm, yeah, so 1.83 is Liverpool win to nil, which I think there's some pretty good value there. Um, you could even maybe look at Liverpool to score in both halves at 1.72. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you're looking at that, this is a game they need to win. With the draw against United, um, they got to get back to where they they know they've always been at the top there. Yeah. Um, so they definitely need three points here. Um, so yeah, I think they'll come out firing on all cylinders as much as they can. I know they're struggling, but I think they can find the back of the net against Burnley. Uh, definitely twice for sure. So uh, maybe a, a goal in both halves or or Liverpool win a nil. I think those odds look good. Um, so if you're looking at that, I would suggest those as my leans. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk touch base on this Liverpool side because this is a game they need to win, and I think they got to show um, Burnley who they really are here. So um, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll definitely be tuning into this Liverpool game on uh, on Thursday for sure. Awesome. All right, so that's going to be the soccer for the early portion of the week. Um, as you can imagine, we're going to have one hell of a a Thursday episode for you. I think we've got a lot of games this weekend. Yeah. I've taken a l- early look at some of the weekend games and yeah, there, there'll be a whole bunch again. Um, we've got a bunch of league, uh, um, league, sorry. Uh, like I said already, I'll be on the inter, uh, Udinese game in Syria. I know there's another Syria game that's, uh, piques my interest too. So, uh, yeah, there'll be lots to talk about on, uh, on the Thursday card. We have a huge UFC, uh, event on Saturday as well. So we'll be mentioning that, uh, we even have some football. Um, we're we're down to the uh, the final four here uh, with the Packers and the and the Bucks, and then we have uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. So uh, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit too. But uh, yeah, no, this is uh, I'm excited for this week. I think uh, I think some of these official plays that I've made and these leans, I think they're they're pretty quality here. So we sh- we should see some results here come out. Awesome, love it. All right, moving on to the UFC. So this Wednesday, we have UFC on ESPN, Chiesa versus Magny. Very good fight. This was initially supposed to be Leon Edwards against Kazmat Shemaev. Oh. But uh, unfortunately, that has been pushed back to March. What a fight that would have been. Eh? And you know what? Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Kazmat Shemaev, just for a little bit of background, he uh, had contracted COVID. And uh, he was well past his two-week period where he had recovered. But uh, as you probably heard about in the news, um, there are cases where people don't fully recover from COVID, where they still have some uh, some issues with their uh, their lungs, I believe. Uh, and uh, Shemaev was having that. So, uh, unfortunately, the, the fight has been pushed back to March, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be a banger. I'm very excited for that. Um, so, instead, what they've done, they've moved up Michael Chiesa and Neil, Neil Magny to the main event. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, this card... You know what? It's a lot of names of fighters who have maybe fought one or two times in the UFC. I don't very, I don't feel really comfortable giving a lot of plays on this card, so we're going to stick to the main event. 
also because this Saturday we have Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier, the rematch. And to be completely honest, most of my attention is lots, towards that card. Lots to look into that in that card, eh? Exactly. But you know what? When I was looking over this card, I just took a quick glance at the lines between Neil Magny and Michael Chiesa. And you know what? I really like the. I think there are some plays you can make here. So, you know, we're just going to break it down here. Uh, Neil Magny taking on Michael Chiesa in the welterweight division. So that means 170 pounds. Uh, where am I leaning here? I'm taking Neil Magny all the way to the bank here. All right. Michael Chiesa, quick backstory here. He's new to the welterweight division. He's only fought three times. First fight was back in December 29, 2018. He takes our, takes on Carlos Condit, a name you're going to remember from last weekend, who fought Matt Brown. Of course, Matt Brown, uh, the main event, three underdogs win. Matt Brown is the fourth underdog on the card. I'm thinking, well, fuck it. I lost the first two underdog picks. Let's hope Matt Brown wins. Did not bet him because I just knew, you know what, you don't, there was too much heart. We'll, yeah, we'll put exactly. it that way. Bet with your head, not your heart, right? Exactly. But Condit got a nice win there. Um, uh, Brown just tired. Unfortunate, really. So anyways, he moves on. He beats Carlos Condit, Diego Sanchez, and then here's the really big win. Rafael Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos obviously was the champion of the 155-pound division. He moved up to the 170-pound division when he kind of a little bit older said, fuck it, I'm not cutting this weight anymore. I actually took Michael Chiesa to win that fight. The main reason I took him to win was because I knew there was going to be a size advantage. Michael Chiesa, when he was fighting at 155, tall, gangly fighter about six foot. He was having a lot of difficulty making the 155 pound cut. He moves up. He is now bigger than some of these welterweights. Um, he's been able to overpower his opponents. And frankly, the UFC's matched him up with opponents who he's been able to take down at relatively ease. Carlos Condit, not a lot of good takedown defense. Diego Sanchez, way past his prime. I, I He's on an incredible streak of losses in a row. And then Rafael Dos Anjos, like I had earlier said, he was a 155er that moved up, but frankly, he just does not have the frame to fight at welterweight. Chiesa's made his bank just being the bigger fighter. Striking-wise, he's not proficient whatsoever. Very basic combos. He makes his money getting, bullying the opponent, putting them up against the cage, and then taking them down. Do you think he can do that against Neil Magny? You know what? He might have some early success, but here's the thing. Neil Magny is actually a true 170-pounder. This man is large. Let me just pull up his stats here real quick. Six foot three. He's more six foot four. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah. A very tall fighter for the division, and he has actually one of the longest reaches in all of the UFC. Here's the thing. Neil Magny's, his past three fights were against Li Jingliang, Anthony Rocco Martin, and then Robbie Lawler. In all three of these affairs... Quality fighters. Very good fighters. He was uh, he had lost to uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, and he had a two-year layoff, I think because he had tested positive for some sort of uh, performance-enhancing substance. He had an issue in the past with wrestlers. As soon, he's, as, soon as he's come back, his last three uh, fights have been largely grappling affairs, but he's looked very good in them. In all of these cases, the opponent has tried to pin Neil Magny up against the fence, but he's such a tall guy. He's been able to just reverse positions and then really take control of the fight. Here's where he's going to win. He's going to have much better stand-up. He's going to be able to pick Chiesa at, uh, apart at distance. Chiesa is not good at shooting takedowns in the middle of the octagon. He makes his money pressing you up against the fence and then doing a takedown. He's going to have a lot of difficulty doing that to Neil Magny. I expect Chiesa to honestly look a little scary in the first round because that's when he looks the best. 
He's going to come out fresh. He's going to really bully Neil Magny. But here's the thing. Neil Magny has one of the best cardio gas tanks in the UFC. He's just going to reverse Michael Chiesa, and then he's just going to continue a four-round beating on him. Okay, so you mentioned that you're taking Neil Magny here. Yeah. Now, are you looking at Neil Magny um, to go the distance as well? So here's the thing. Neil Magny to win, that is my play. Okay. I'm going to put a unit down on that. 172. Pretty good odds there. You, I, and you said that's changed, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? So uh, off the top of my head, uh, and you know what? Excuse me. It's not in the, the decimal format, but he had opened as a minus 200 favorite. Yeah. And then he was down to a minus 132. Okay. So money came in flowing on Michael Chiesa. Does but, that make you nervous at all? Uh, n- I understand why the money's coming on Chiesa. Okay. I, I do because... Two of Neil Magny's big losses were to Damian Maya and then Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah. Again, somebody who, Neil, who Michael Chiesa had just beat. Um, and they were grappling affairs where he was taken down and submitted. But here's the thing. Those were quite a while ago. In fact, I'm looking right now. Neil Magny lost to Rafael Dos Anjos back in 2017, September. Um, he's made a large amount of improvements in his grappling since then. Uh, I really don't see him being controlled. That is why I think the money came flowing on, on okay. Chiesa. And Neil Magny, uh, by decision or technical decision, is 2.62. So you're looking at pretty good plus money there. And let me tell you, that is what I will be taking. I will be playing that as well. Uh, I did that with Holloway, and I obviously that, that was scary. Yeah, that was incredible. But but in this one, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, – there's a narrative that Michael Chiesa will gas, and as a result, Neil Magny will be able to finish him later into the fight. I don't really see that happening. Michael Chiesa had trouble fighting into the third round at 155 because he was doing such a massive weight cut. Um, since then, he's put on so much muscle. I think uh, he is going to be he's much healthier at the 170-pound division. I think he is going to be uh, completely fine for five rounds. And if anything, it's shown that he's really made strength and conditioning a huge uh, part of what he brings to the octagon. Yeah. So I, I don't really worry about that. Uh, Neil Magny, I think, could finish this fight grappling-wise uh, in some sort of mad scramble. He might snatch a submission up. But what I think more is going to happen is I see him pushing Michael Chiesa up against the fence or responding to Michael Chiesa's pressure by reversing and putting him against the fence. And then I see a lot of knees, elbows, and then straight punches and keeping Chiesa at the end of the jab. And if he does that, that's not really a finishing style of fighting. Yeah. I don't think he's going to overextend himself out of fear of being taken down. So I do think it is a five-round affair. So I, I like those odds. I won't obviously put a full uh, unit down on it. I, I'm The main bet will be obviously no Just a straight-up win. win, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm definitely I'm going to throw, throw a little sprinkle. Sprinkle on the by decision, Neil Magny by 100%. decision. 100%. Now, here's a question for you, T-Man. Yeah. If Michael uh, Chiesa was ever going to win this fight. Submission. It'll be by submission, you 100%, think? 100%, yeah. Okay. And, and, th- and that's one thing I will say. If you are somebody who's listening to the podcast thinking, you know what, I, I don't really want to take uh, uh, Neil Magny. I respect that. I mean, Michael Chiesa, he's he's a underdog. You're going to get a decent value on him. But I would take him by submission. I don't see a world where he's going to get his hands on Neil Magny and catch his chin, so to speak. But I do see a world where, let's say he pushes Neil Magny up against the fence. They get into a bit of a scramble. I'll give Chiesa this. He's opportunistic. So he might just jump on the back and get a quick rear naked choke. Um, All right, folks. That's all we're going to talk about for UFC and soccer tonight. Uh, We actually have the Toronto Maple Leaf game going on right now. So uh, 
yeah, this was just a quick episode. We wanted to touch on a few games that we thought, you know what, uh, we should A, speak about, and B, you know what, there, there's a little bit of value here for. We have a, a much bigger episode coming up this Thursday. We've got the UFC, uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, and we've got quite a few soccer games. Who knows, it might be another two-part episode. Yeah, you know what, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, soccer and UFC this this midweek, I should say, but there is still some quality uh, games out there, and uh, like you had mentioned with the Magni Chiesa fight. So, um, yeah, no, I think I, t- I touched on uh, th- the games that I like and uh, my leans and official plays. And I'm uh, I'm pretty confident in in those. I think uh, they're half decent, uh, you know, value. I like the value that's offered uh, this week. So um, I'm excited for those. And like I said, I can't wait for uh, Thursday. You know what? Doing these podcasts on in earlier in the week on like a Monday or whatever, uh, it just gets me excited for the Thursday one because we're looking ahead. And uh, when you look ahead at the weekend games, that just uh, that fires me up to get through the week. So. Um, I, I'm excited. I can't wait for Thursday because you know what? That means Friday, Saturday, Sunday is just around the corner. Yeah. You know what? You, you hate to say you're living for the weekend, but oh, it's like oh. a goddamn true statement <laughs> if fuck. I've ever seen it. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, that's going to be it for the uh, the episode. this episode of the podcast. Remember, follow us on Twitter, HeavyHitters94. Follow us on Instagram, HeavyHittersSportsBettingPodcast. Um Yeah, Stapes, it's been a pleasure. T-Man, like always, let's do it again uh, on Thursday. Boom.